Welcome to Be Your Own Muse. I'm Floyd Hall, and we come to you in the gallery space of the Spelman College Museum of Fine Art. This conversation is presented in connection to and support of the current exhibition, Zanele Muhale Sumiyama Gonyama, Hail the Dark Lioness. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with T. Lang of T. Lang Dance and other things. T. Lang, how are you? I'm well. Hi, Floyd. Thanks for having me. Glad to have some time with you today. We are recording this conversation, as I mentioned, in the, the gallery space, in the museum space here. And uh, there are folks coming in, walking around, looking at the work. Yes. Uh, and I wanted to ask you to go back to the opening of this exhibition, because at that exhibition, you presented uh, a work in response to this work, uh, entitled, Untitled, The Dark Lioness. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Take me back to that moment and what it was like to present that work at the opening. Oh. There were bodies everywhere in this space looking up at the, the portraits in awe, and staring intensely into the gaze of Zanelli's work. And then dancers arrive and they're in a line and they're in black unitard with fiery nail polish afros on fleek they line up and then they take a cue to slither or slip down into a crawling position they're on all fours and as they're crawling throughout the perimeter of the space, they're moving the audience. And the audience is now wrapped up inside of this tribe, inside of this, this space, inside of the space of itself. And the dancers are in full conversation now with the portraits in full conversation with the audience, with manipulating and navigating them in space. It was a work um, that used a lot of repetition so the audience could understand and translate the physical movement and how it was connecting to a specific portrait that the dancers were standing next to. It was a work that allowed the the audience to see the portraits come to life in physical form. It was intense as the dancers and the portraits are now intensely gazing at the audience and not removing their gaze from them. It allowed eye contact. It allowed um, some soul searching in the space that it allowed some telepathic conversations to to arise in the space. It was it was powerful. How aware are you of your audience? in terms of what you're translating to them? I'm aware. I'm aware because 
I am taking their gestures, I'm taking their, um, their body language, I'm taking these universal gestures and um, um, rearranging them for new stories. So, so the viewer can see some similarities, some familiarity of self inside the work. I'm aware, at, 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 I'm aware of the audience at, at, at that level. Um, however, when I'm creating, I'm also um, thinking of not only the past, but the future, and how those energies need to um, be combined cleverly so in the present day um, it can be decoded the, the movement can be decoded the storyline can be understood in its abstraction how does that begin the the choreography in your head for this particular well for this particular work and like majority of mine through conversations um, of really articulating what the daydream, the vision is, what the, the experimentation or um, the dare could be. And if it is exciting or enticing enough, um, I start not zoning out, but going to another realm and creating. And um, my eyes start getting a little bit wider and a little bit more twinkle in the eye, and then I'm, I'm crafting um, at least like the principal phrase of that that emotion that is happening internally in my body based on the conversations that we're having, and that's that's exactly what happened because I knew I knew right away it was something gonna it was gonna crawl on the ground act of um, reverence to servitude and then how it could play um, have these um, allow the viewer to have like these run on innuendos that are happening based on this minimal work of crawling on the ground where they're seeing black bodies um, staying in this position and then having to force themselves to think of all the connotations they have seen or um, viewed a black woman on her knees. Yeah. How much of the work did you did you see? How much had you seen when those visions began for you? Um, no, it wasn't, mu it wasn't much. On the initial conversation that I had with Nikiba, um, it was a conversation. I've been following Zanelli's work on Instagram um, for a, a couple of years, but n I've never seen her work live or um, read any um, catalogs of her work. And it was based on the conversation that Nikiba and I had um, that was really descriptive and vivid and um, just timely of where we are in this, in this world um, and in, in this political climate that um, 
it was effortless to to envision movement and because of the um, I guess the audacity, not, not, not so much the audacity, the, the defiance that Zanelli was um, um, really speaking about in her themes of her work, the gaze. It was easy, or I, had, I felt like I had permission to make some strong choices about minimalism and repetition and gaze um, that several movement um, gestures came to play that I knew um, uh, that I knew I would explore even further inside the work. Those gestures are like we did crab walks um, across the the museum. We did um, crawling in a line. It was all it was all in this line crawling throughout the perimeter of the museum. Um, just something very familiar um, that um, I believe every human being has done um, once in their life as a, as a child or as an adult um, in play or in fear um, that they could relate to and start allowing um, thought to happen as they're watching the as they're watching the physical movement happen as they're looking at um, the photography on the walls. Now you mentioned uh, black bodies and servitude, or in, in, in the position or the um, sort of gesturing towards that. But when I first saw the work. In a very um, immediate sense, I thought I thought about lionesses. Like that's what I immediately thought of when I saw that, um, and so I feel like that worked on several levels. Yeah, I mean, when I think about um, what a lot of my peers in the art world here in Atlanta um, are doing, how we're moving in a tribe in a pack supporting each other, making these silent strategic moves um, that will um, benefit and impact our community and um, in some fascinating ways. It's reminiscent of um, family members, ancestors, and how they had to move and um, gather information and power and strength and courage to move silently to make impacts in their community. Um, it reminds me of the mystique of the feminine um, and how, especially um, um, black and brown bodies of black women, and how we have to um, have strength in numbers and having to um, move in certain ways that we can service others, service ourselves. So it is very reminiscent to Lioness um, in that pact, um, and that was intentional. 
um, with the choreography, with the dancers staying in a line, staying in a group, in a clump, staying um, in repetition with the movement. Um, it was definitely a signifier. As you've collected all of these experiences and, and moments of, of uh, observation, I would love for you to, to maybe speak on how your travels have um, informed you. I know that you you uh, often uh, take some international excursions. Um, I'm a global citizen. You know, hey, I think we all are, or we all aspire to be at some yeah, point. And yeah. so I would love for what, what those moments provide you, um, especially when you're taking those trips um, with your fellow dance colleagues. Yeah. What, is that, what does that mean for you? It's refreshing. It's refreshing how um, my body, um, my being, is respected and revered outside of America. Say more. Um, but it's it's but it's complex, though, because. Um, I know what I look like. I know how I carry myself. I know I know my um, my divine purpose, right? So I carry myself in different way in a different way than um, another person of color, a woman, would say her travels would be. So I can only speak about my experience. Um, but as I travel outside of America, um, I am immediately welcomed. I'm immediately um, um, respected without having to qualify myself. Um, it, who knows if they're, if they're thinking I'm a celebrity or, or whatnot uh, because of my height, you know, and, and how I, I dress. But um, there's this immediate um, acceptance of my humanity as I travel abroad. Um, when, yeah. Let me see, I'm trying to give you a, an example. I'm in Split, Croatia. Um, this is after uh, teaching in southern Italy for the summer, and I went on holiday to Split with some of my dance colleagues who are white. Um, we're walking in town in Split, in this 14th century ruined um, um, palace where it's now restaurants, lounges, and boutiques, and we're ha hanging out, having a good time, and it wasn't once or twice or seven times that people came up to me and saying, God bless you, thank you. Um, <laughs> you're having dinner or having lunch or getting coffee, you know, this is, com this is always coming up. It's just a, it's a, um, it's an intriguing experience to, to have a stranger um, right, you come up to you out of the blue, and not to your white friends, but to to you, saying "God bless you, thank you." And what is that response like? To what is your response like in that moment? What is the response, uh, or the res what are what are those different responses from your colleagues like? Um, my my response the first time it happened, of course, I raised an eyebrow, like, "Oh, they must think I'm somebody." else and or whatnot. But 
But then, you know, immediately it was like, well, God bless you too, and thank you, you're welcome. You know, just it's just a, a quick response, and um, you keep it moving. Now, when your friends are there, like, what's going on, and asking you what what type of magic is this? What are you doing? Um, it's 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 hard to explain. It's complex to explain because I really don't know the answer to why um, they're giving me these blessings, and I don't know. Um, um, the, the reason why my first response was to question it either. Um, but I guess it did um, allow them to see that it doesn't happen at home and um, um, to really spark these conversations about um, safety, welcoming, um, love, unity. And what that means or reconciliation because they were saying bless you and thank you for something what did what did I do or what did they think I did to them or what did they what do we think that um, they did to me that they need to um, reconcile um, yeah, it's quite interesting if that is the context for your time in those different countries in those in those moments how does that affect your movement? How does that affect how you how you dance, how you choreograph, if at all? Does does you know does does being in a, in a different place in a different country uh, do you do you move differently? Yeah, I mean sometimes um, when I'm when I just initially get to a different place or a different country. Um, you're still walking in that same walk, but then you allow yourself to get affected with this, you know, your surroundings, the environment with you, and making a concerted it, uh, effort to shift, gather data, gather, gather the information to intertwine or intersect that with your movement vocabulary, to hear and, and see something different, and seeing how the body naturally responds. I think every year, every time I come back from abroad, I'm bringing back a new piece for my aesthetic, a new, um, new conversations, or at least I, that's that's the hope, and it's always been the strategy to to expand. Um, uh, you know, when I'm in Italy, I can definitely have more information about my gesture works, my hand gesture works, right, and um, how I can manipulate and um, abstract that even more, layer it even more with um, what I saw on, on a quarter street of a villa um, versus to what I experienced um, uh, in the West End or um, when I go back to Harlem to visit and just layering all of those gestures and so yeah my travels allow me to um, in, intensify my repertory right um, and then also to refine what I what I already how I already move um, and seeing how the, the experience of the beaches with going into water, the Mediterranean Sea, for some reason for me is very healing. Um, it allows me to be more liquid or slippery um, in my movement aesthetics. I have to go to the sea and dance because I don't know how to swim, so that's my next best thing. But um, it's like my my studio, my training ground, when I. When I'm over there, dipping into the water, 
Yeah. You mentioned that you encountered Zanelle's work via uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. What about their work uh, or process spoke to you, even from afar, or I guess via uh, our digital devices? That gave their eyes. I saw all of it. Um, it spoke to me in a way that um, uh, gave me a sense of um, power and um, or permission and it's it reminded me of what I what I not only teach my students um, but I I demand from my professional dancers and I demand for myself as a mover as a performer to use my eyes in a way that um, pierces, it punctuates through the soul. And I can really allow myself to see myself in the viewer and vice versa. And their eyes um, reminded me of that, um, that power. They're, in, they're enticing, they're mesmerizing, they're defiant, they are... Um, they are soft. They are divine. They are um, masculine and feminine. They are my aunt and uncle. They are cousins and friends. They they represent um, this connective thread that um, that was so eloquent and refreshing to see. Um, I haven't seen um, an artist like Zanelli um, really put her image out there as a as a subject of beauty the subject of um, healing it's a subject of um, daring you to see your own need for healing I loved how there was this play of um, hidden codes and messages inside of the materials that she uses um, to drape and cloak um, that if you're paying attention or or allowing yourself to be mesmerized and to see yourself in the work um, you could see that some of those um, everyday items were also used to oppress and to traumatize and how how they are used now to um, uh, provoke or give the sense of shield or crown or um, dignity I 
thought it was brilliantly done and clever, and um, I was take I was definitely taken by it. And then seeing them on Instagram and listening to their personality uh, was. Charming. It was, um, you know, it was it was just familiar and a part of that. It just felt a part of that tribe. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what I saw. When I initially saw the work. That's that's exactly what I saw. On a personal note, for you, um, you have expanded your responsibility if we if we can say that <laughs> um and 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 expanded uh t-lang the company the brand mm -hmm. um into a very new and exciting space uh say more about that i'll, I'll let you say it okay I'm like why what did you hear on the street <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I I have found that with my work, with what I do, it's become bigger than myself. And um, even as a as a professor, um, the work that I'm doing is bigger than um, the classroom or the studio space, right? Um, so I. I'm expanding to have my own space, my own laboratory, to experiment um, with different um, ideas. My collaborators and I are um, are playing with um, for performance that um, will have dedicated space to have think tanks and tear things up and. Um, present um, the work in in experimental or fascinating, intimate ways, without the struggle of finding an Atlanta presenter to showcase the work. Um, it is a space where my collaborators. I work with some of the dopest um, engineers, scholars in humanities, um, like Dr. Michelle Height. Um, work with some of the um, best sound composers and lighting designers and projection mappers and visual artists and this will be our space where we can continue pushing the envelope and making these um, Afrofuturistic worlds and, and most importantly this is a space where we can take our um, um, all of our ideas and create and launch our programming where now we can teach the community um, um, in, in the West End, Westview area um, how to creatively collaborate um, with other disciplines and fuse technology into their performance. It's a space where um, will launch Black Endurance. This is um, a work that um, the director of Insight and myself crafted um, 
where we're looking at how we're reading the body, how we are reading literature, African-American literature, um, and pulling and nurturing and drawing out from the student, the participant, on how to craft movement, craft new ideas of storytelling, and fusing that with technology, like AR and VR world. Um, um, so all of my collaborators, we have a hand in um, teaching that next generation of um, artists or that um, the other emerging or evolving artists that are interested in um, different um, processes of storytelling with technology. Um, this is a space where I'll launch the Incubation Learning Laboratory. I'm calling it the ILL. And this is a space where it nurtures um, women of African descent who are movers, storytellers, and engineers who are um, interested in, in intersecting art and technology. And this will be a space, a residency space, where they are being mentored by myself and my collaborators, different scholars in the Atlanta area um, that are um, well-versed in their topic um, of what they're trying to contextualize, as well as uh, designers, engineers that are part of my collaborative team to help nurture um, their work. And this will be the laboratory where it presents their work um, after they have had that time to create. This is a space where, um, so we're not only benefiting um, from um, time and space to create, but it will be a laboratory, a hub, where other creatives and free thinkers and activists and um, innovators can use the space to rent and have dedicated time to make their next move. And this is not only for rehearsals or workshops or classes, but for presentation to present their work. Um, so I'm joining um, what is already out there with Gallery 992 and um, Pila Studios and the West End Performing Arts Center, where I'm also making space for other artists to, other artists, engineers, designers, dreamers, um, thinkers, to have space to create. That's what I'm up to. Just that. Just that. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> and creating a new solo, a new solo, a graveyard duet for of the past now. And, um, and you have a new nonprofit status. And I have my own 501c3. I'm so excited about that. This is where we can make our moves, you know. Yeah. This is where we could um, really strengthen the ideas that I was just sharing with you with Black Endurance and the ill and how that could be um, now supported um, and really make some strong impacts and effects to our community. Going forward, how can people support the 501c3 efforts? Okay, so go to my website. It's tlangdance.com. You can find me on Instagram and um, Facebook and Twitter. It's tlangdance. 
and we have links that you can press and make your generous donations. Um, soon, coming soon, we'll have our website for the Movement Lab. This is our nonprofit um, where our dance company will be housed. So you can support us in that way by renting space for your corporate event or your non-corporate event, your act, your your listening show, your fitness class, your your uh, meditation, anything your heart's desire that you need space to. Um, um, build your entrepreneurial um, feats. Support us in that way. Continue supporting us when we, um, we perform a graveyard duet of the past now at the High Museum of Art in April in 2019. This is for the Kara Walker exhibition. Come and support us there. Um, email me at info at and um, provide any support or or information or resources or um, mentorship um, that you can um, that um, that will support our programming um, you can also support me in my 501c3 by um, offering unsolicited advice on how to um, be a, a stronger, better leader to serve our community in um, impactful ways that go beyond um, the arts and technology. Help support um, support me by when I have these think tanks at the lab. Come and see how we can be of um, a better united front and service to our, our community. One final question. Uh, we are recording this conversation on December 1st, um, which is World AIDS Day. Um, and it's also uh, a day without art um, in the arts community. Museums and galleries often use this day to acknowledge the, uh, the lives that have been affected by AIDS and in the, in the arts community. Um, as you reflect on that, um, on this day, uh, what comes to mind and do you have any thoughts on um, what that, what this moment of remembrance means? I'm so thankful for peers and even um, the icons that I studied in college and how fearless they were with living their life fully without fear, without constraints, even as they faced death, how they faced it with dignity, with, um, with courage. Thankful for those lessons. I'm thankful for even my friends, my peers today who are who are still living with um, the virus and living with a sense of life that is inspiring and um, reminds me of in taking those moments to not only enjoy life, but to touch lives in meaningful ways, to be fully present um, 
in those those encounters. I'm thankful for those lives. Um, that fully loved and loved loved and loved life and um, that I, I, I feel like we are uh, the ones that survived and the ones that are still here continuing their legacy of living to the fullest. T. Lang of T. Lang Dance. Thank you for your time. You're so welcome. Hey, if you have time, come to Mother, December 6th. We're having a little fundraiser to celebrate our 501c3 uh, status. And um, we'll be talking more about the programs that we're launching and at the Movement Lab and how you all can get involved. So come through. Thanks for that. Thank you.